With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio. We are live, broadcasting across the internet. Uh, JJ and Graham, welcome to the show. What's up? Good evening. It was. Uh, I feel like we need intro. to be on our. I feel like we need to be on our best behavior because it's live and we can't cut out all the random shit we say normally. I'm I'm pretty sure the random shit we say is the best shit. It's true. Like no one actually cares about what we say about this hockey team. The Red Wings, the random stuff that they come for. It's late July. There's nothing to talk about. Exactly, which is a great time to launch a uh, radio show, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess we should get, well, first and foremost, I should apologize to everybody listening for all the technical difficulties we will probably have in the next uh, technically two hours we have scheduled for this show. I don't know if we're going to use the full two hours, but... We actually have one minute, one hour, 58 minutes, and nine seconds left. So might as well uh, just get right into this. So nothing has happened since the last time we did a podcast last week. Uh, Ken Holland, he's hanging out in his cottage up in Canada. Do you think we're going to be seeing any moves anytime soon? Nothing? Until the camp? Uh, I mean, before camp. I think that... Uh... Anderson and Nyquist will get signed sometime in August, but um, I don't expect really any moves to happen until all of the final, um, until the teams are done with their arbitration stuff. And that ends on, what, August 4th? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, there are, I think there are other teams that need to be positioned in a certain way for the Red Wings to do something because they don't have a they have a roster crunch. So I think they're probably waiting to see how everything kind of falls into place once arbitration is done and I think once a couple more of these free agents that are hanging out there get signed and then they'll then you'll start seeing some moves. My guess would be mid August. So a couple weeks from now. Yeah. I just wonder if we're going to get to a situation where teams know that Holland has this roster crunch, which obviously they know, and they're just not going to offer him really anything of value. Like if he's dumping guys, I think it's going to be conditional seventh round pick. If the guy scores 
20 goals or something or gets re-signed in the next year or something like that. Like you see, you saw with like the Stewart deal where, yeah, you traded him, but you didn't get anything in return. Yeah, I mean, I, but there are no, nobody's making any moves right now uh, outside of real minor stuff. So um, I think this is honestly, it's just the slow time of, of the of the off season where arbitration's got to happen. Restricted free agents still have to be signed. There's still some unrestricted free agents hanging around. You know, just uh, nothing's happening. Once once we get closer to camp and teams start to really sit down and figure out what they have, that's when you'll start to see some of those moves made. But I don't know. And speaking of uh, unrestricted free agents hanging around, uh, a couple names out there, Danny Cleary or Daniel Cleary and Damian Bruner, still unsigned, is with – the case with Bruner, probably he wants too much money or just not a fit out there. Or Danny Cleary, is he just waiting for the Red Wings to clear space? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, everything you read about Cleary is that uh, the Wings are still the front runner, but they can't do anything because they don't have the money to sign him. Um, so I think until these other moves that we expect to happen happen, Cleary's not going to sign with Detroit. He might sign somewhere else. Bruner, I think, is as good as gone. I think if he was going to be signed, they would have locked him up pretty early. So I imagine he's just waiting for a deal from somebody that might maybe they'll get desperate or something and throw him the kind of money that I imagine he's looking for. Or isn't his agent she? Neil she? Isn't that his agent? Yeah. 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 So, you know, given his, given the track record of him, you know, I don't know. He's probably holding out for a little bit more money. Yeah, I think once you start to get into the the training camp crunch, I think a few people are going to start getting more deals. Like right now we're getting like Paul Ranger signings, and that's just goofy bullshit. And I think that some people are going to end up finding themselves on the outside looking in. Uh, but Brunner will find a deal. Um, if the Red Wings don't make space, I'm sure Cleary will have a team. I mean, somebody's going to, going to give him something. So... I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping it's not Detroit, just because I don't see how they eliminate three people from their roster in a way that I'm ultimately happy with. Right. You know, I mean, I think if they were going to, I think if they were going to bring Bruner back, they would have, they would have done something already. Unless now that uh, Yager, now yeah. Yager signed in New Jersey, I don't know what the hell Bruner's going to do. I mean, obviously, there's lots of teams that are looking for a a speedy scoring winger and he could end up just about anywhere, but man, Jersey seemed like a real good choice for him. And I haven't seen the, what the, the specifics on the auger deal were for New Jersey, but it's one year, 2 million, 2 million in bonuses. So 4 million cap hit. That's not bad. No. Although it feels like they could have probably gotten Bruner who might be able to put up just as much offense on a multi-year deal for less. Although, in fact, yeah. a Bruner signing wouldn't have allowed them to use the uh, – nah, fuck it, never mind. It's the, it's the Devils. They don't really need to worry about the cap bonus cushion. We have yeah, like... I was actually looking at this. Um, thinking about Bruner, I was thinking, what about Phoenix? They've got they've got cap space. They've got a, just a shade under $7 million in cap space. Um, Bruner's 
fast, so he fits. He doesn't have the defensive responsibilities that would go into a Dave Tippett type of system. But I mean, if you look at their uh, if you look at their page now, they only have eleven forwards uh, signed for next season, like for this upcoming season, with uh, Michael Bodker still to be signed. He's a restricted free agent, so you know he'll get he'll get decent money, but not nothing crazy. That's a good point. I mean, especially since two of their eleven forwards are Brandon Yip and Paul Bissonette. Yeah, and Rob Klinkhammer. So yeah, they need they need help there. They need they need scoring. I mean, they signed Ribeiro to this uh, to that four year deal. Maybe they bring in a guy like Brunner, and they've got the cap space to give them the three million. Maybe you give them three years. Maybe you give them, you know, three million for four years. Maybe you go crazy and something like that. But I don't know. Phoenix to me, just. It was a team I was looking at earlier, and I just thought they, that makes sense. We've like yeah. 19 people in our chat right now on the, the whole. And one of them did make a good point, Mark. They're still rooming Jersey for Brunner. I mean, it's not totally out of the question that uh, that they signed both Yager and Brunner. Just really expecting like like uh, people to be listening to this. I'm sorry, I'm off topic, but. <laughs> A little starstruck by the fact we have more than five listeners. Yeah, I mean, I figured we'd have five listeners. One would be Anne, one would be my mom, and I would guess two other people, three other people. I don't know. Yeah, not my, not my wife at all. She just like, oh, you're podcasting tonight? All right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> she doesn't care. I don't think she's listened to a single one. Not that I blame her. Would you listen Tyler. to her podcast? To our, to our her podcast? Yeah, she had one about I don't know nurse stuff. No, because she tells me about it anyway, so I really don't need. I don't think she needs to podcast about it. Which is, I think that's why she doesn't listen to this because I just talk her ear off about the Red Wings. And she doesn't care. Like whatever, she pats me on the head and it's like, mm, good boy. Let's apparently I'm her dog now. Tyler may be listening at work. You're out there, Tyler. Hello. Hope you're enjoying work. You can't respond, obviously, but. <laughs> you got any good segues for this? I got live? nothing. There's a lot of pressure on me now since there's so many. We're live, Jeff. I mean, I know. I can't edit segues in after the fact and record them, which I never actually ever do. But I don't know. Some of the actual only big news that came out this week was. Did we talk about the schedule last week? Yeah. Did that come out yet? When did the schedule come out? No, the schedule it came out on Friday. Friday. You want to talk about the schedule? They're going to play games. about the schedule. Awesome. December 1st. There's going to be a good game January 1st. In Boston, they play Boston a bunch of times. Which is my favorite team, so. <laughs> yeah, but they played... That kind of just pissed me off that they play both their games in Boston in October because I was the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, I was hoping to go out to Boston, but that's earlier in the season than I was planning to go out to Boston to watch a game. So uh, ridiculous. Up here, Jeff. I'm not going to come visit you. Well, I won't be able to buy you guys beer then at the game. Then be all by myself, wearing my Brandon Smith jersey alone, TD Garden. Getting mercilessly pelted for wearing a Brendan Smith jersey. No, they'll just feel sorry for me after watching him in the playoffs last year. 
Bostonians don't have empathy. Uh, Bostonians probably don't know who Brendan Smith is. They don't even know who Riley Smith is, and he's on their own fucking team, so. interesting dates and those tend to coincide with the production lines pledge drive in case you yeah. guys missed that everyone listening go pledge raise money because it's for a good cause and it's fun have you guys made your pledges yet uh, I have um, not submitted that I'm still thinking I, I, no. I'm definitely doing something for the uh, the Ottawa game uh, the, I think that's the first one of the eleven said Albertson. I I'll probably pledge a, a good amount of money if he scores a hat trick. And I hope I hope he does it because it would be amazing. Yeah, all of my pledges were uh based on like old teams. So, it's $11 for every Albertson goal against Ottawa. Um $4 for every Vinny Lacavio point that he scores against Detroit. Uh, $9 for every Stephen Weiss point against Florida. Uh, what else? Um, $51 if Phil Plus scores in Detroit. Wow. Just one goal? Yeah, just one goal. Not per goal. I don't want... No, he, that he'd score. probably rip off like five and you'd just start crying. <laughs> and then $26 for uh, your Hitler point. I was thinking about doing $2 for every Brendan Smith point during that stretch, but I wanted to donate at least 5 bucks, so I have to up it to 5 <laughs> You could just donate the money. I mean, you don't, you don't have to necessarily. Like, if the pledge didn't happen, you could. Why don't you donate do this? Do $2 for every Brendan Smith point, and if he doesn't have any, just Here. make 20 bucks or something like that. Just say, oh, 20 bucks if he doesn't score. I will do $5 for every Brendan Smith point. $10 for every Brendan Smith goal. $2 for every Brendan Smith turnover. And $1 for every penalty. You're going to be broke by the end of that uh, 11 games. Like every turnover is an credited giveaway? Uh, yes, it has to be in the stat sheet. I would, you know what? You should base it off of CSSI giveaways. No, because then JJ will just rig that. So I pay a lot. Why would he money. do that? Why would he do that? He wouldn't do that to you. Because because JJ is a charitable How man. How dare you? And he loves charity, he so he would rig it. My integrity. He's yeah, but yeah, exactly. He still has to publish those results because if he, you know, if he said, oh yeah, Brendan Smith had you know two hundred giveaways, but he really didn't, then at the end of the year, that's going to screw up his numbers, and he's a slave to the numbers. Yeah. There's only Numbers. five people who take me seriously anyway, and I don't want to lose their trust. Who are these five people? You're... The five people listening. Yeah. No, there's, there's way more. And your mom and three randoms. <laughs> I was going to say your mom, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave my mom out of this. We're live. I can't edit this out. You brought her in. That's creepy. And when's your dad going to start his big uh, Twitter campaign? I think he's just waiting for the season to start up. All right. Maybe maybe at the end of the NASCAR season he'll bust a couple tweets out. I don't know. Maybe I'll get ten, be able cent, ten cents per Dave Hancock tweet, up to like a hundred dollars. Okay, he'll probably uh, get like three tweets. <laughs> well, there's thirty cents for your 
for your dad. Every bit counts. But anyway, yeah. if you haven't already been there, it's uh, the theproductionline.us, and it's right there on the the top. So go and visit. It's uh, it's all great money for charity, and we'll all get together uh, in the winter, during the winter festival and then have a great party and get together and. It'll be a big check. Yeah. And you always feel good, and you can all buy me beer. But if you buy JJ beer, you also have to buy myself and Graham a beer. I'm pretty sure I owe people beer, too. I don't know who. Just remind me if I do. Yeah, I totally forgot my my who I owe a beer to thing, so it's going to be a lot. Yeah. But other than Winter Classic, I'm definitely looking forward to just all the Eastern Conference games, pretty much. Because they're just teams we don't see often. And I'm interested to see how the Wings are going to match up against the rough, tough Eastern Conference. I'm just excited about no late games during the week. Seriously. I mean, there's like seven. During the week? Well, it depends on, it depends on what your definition of late is. Because... You know, for some people, nine o'clock is late, and for other people, ten is late. And for other people, you know, they don't they don't have a definition of late because they they're up all night. For me, nine nine o'clock to start a hockey game Central Time is late, so ten o'clock Eastern Time during the week. During the weekend, that's fine. You know, I can kind of sleep in or you know just ignore my kids the next day, and that's fine. But they only have two games this year during the week that start after. 10 o'clock Eastern time. That's amazing. Two. Like everything else, I'm looking here. If one, and if one's in the first month of the season, then there's a Saturday game that starts at 10. Then is you have a Thursday game in... What? There's a five-game stretch after the Winter Classic, right? Where they go west? Right, but but one of the games is on a Saturday in Dallas. Then you've got a 10:30 game on a Thursday... Uh, against San Jose, and then a 10:30 game against LA on a Saturday, and then they play the Ducks at eight Eastern on the Sunday. So you really only have the two late games, and one's on a Saturday, so it's not as big a deal. Then you have that's it. Every other game is before 10 o'clock. There's a couple nine o'clock games, but that's not too bad. I hope we get a Mighty Ducks throwback game. Oh, I'm sure we will. Because we'll we want to celebrate the the four playoff losses they've had against us. You gonna start another fight with uh, Sleek and uh, and Jer? I will fight. I'm start a million fights with Sleek and Jer. <laughs> it's you the summer. Start, you have to begin starting fights with uh, Bruins and Leafs and Habs blogs. You've got to you've got to uh, transition. I'm fully too prepared for that, but I I don't want to start that just yet. Once they once the actual games start and they they get that real great sense of how uh, annoying Wings fans are, I just want to kind of hit them all at once. Yeah, especially Bruins fans because I've noticed that they have this you know this cherished precious little rivalry with Montreal, which is just it's just hilarious because the best rivalry, rivalry in hockey. That rivalry reminds thirty years ago maybe. That rivalry reminds me of what Chicago Detroit was for most of our lives 
uh, where it's just it's one-sided half the time or 90 percent of the time you know it's like i mean it's great there's you know history there between the two teams but i mean the games aren't really any good so who really cares i mean uh, it's not um it's not like a detroit colorado was where the two teams were actually they were actually interesting games to watch so you know people freak out about oh boston and montreal what a great no they're not great games it's like Montreal, Toronto. They're not good games. I mean, yeah, there's history there, but I don't know. I live in the now. I can appreciate the history and appreciate the the, the historical aspect of that rivalry. But I mean, if I'm sitting down to watch a, a Montreal, Toronto game, uh, I'm going to have beer in my hand, a lot of it. Because <laughs> you're a Leafs fan. You should probably up. No, I'm a Chicago fan now. Remember, it's where I live now, not where I used to live. Right. I forgot. I apologize. The whole you have so many teams that you love, Graham. I just mix them all up. Well, I know. I so I, I wish I could stick to two, uh, like you, Jeff, but uh, unfortunately Well two. No. Who's I just the Bruins I thought. Oh that's right. I forgot you uh disowned the Red Wings. Yeah. Obviously. They'll officially disown them when they trade Brendan Smith. Which they I'd, will. Uh, it'd be difficult. He's going to go full-on <laughs> nuclear at yeah. that point. Now, what if they traded Brendan Smith in a package with Michael Samuelson as a dump to get rid of Michael Samuelson's contract? Like that's oh, no. I mean, oh. That would make me happier. <laughs> oh, I have the TV on, and they just showed the Hudson injury. Oh. That was disgusting. They're showing it again. I'm looking away. Uh, we're live, aren't we? So. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I've got Panama Mexico soccer on right now. Hmm. Yeah, it's just good dead air there. Sorry. Yeah. Hey. Hey, See, this is the kind of shit we would cut out normally if we weren't live. We would just because <laughs> we would just sit there and then Jeff would say, "Oh, I'm going to cut out all this dead air," and it would just be a seamless transition to our next uh, our next talking point. It's pretty. It's- it's true. Pretty much we don't edit any content out. We just edit the non-content out. And the errs. Uh, er, yeah. Uh, yeah. And all the terribly racist stuff. <laughs> well, we usually <laughs> save that for the end. But the whole having the countdown of how much time is left on the show is is really... I hate it because I'm like, oh, crap, we just blew through two topics on the rundown that I wrote and we're five minutes in bad. So what? All the other shows are only like an hour long? Would you try to use all two hours? No, I'm just trying to use an hour, but I just added the extra oh. hour in case we actually have good calls or comments eventually, which we will be taking calls eventually. We just haven't yet. So we just want to hear our own voices first. Well, there's a question from the chat that asks uh, so why the Smith hate? There's no Smith. And I wanted to I wanted to clarify that we just love to give Jeff shit. Um, I spent 1,200 words in a comment the other day uh, defending Brendan Smith as not as perhaps not the worst person in the world, um, based on an argument about the eyeball test and about how it just seemed like he always screwed up all the time, and which isn't exactly the truth. And it, it brought up kind of an interesting thought with me is that uh, regular season-wise, comparably, Smith and Kindle had pretty. Uh, Pretty similar seasons. I mean, 
Kendall put on more points, which is obviously more important, and he got on the second power play unit where he deserved. But at even strength, Smith basically played more second-pairing minutes where Kendall played more third-pairing, and they screwed up at roughly the same rates. So it's just that in the playoffs, Smith was hot garbage, and Kendall was the next coming. And so when it came down to re-signing them, Kendall got twice as many years, twice as many dollars, and I think that by the end of Smith's contract, there's a really good chance that uh, that they're still that they're going to be even, and Smith is probably going to be better. And they're going to be paying him a lot of money. Yeah, but by then Kyle Quincy will be off the roster. True, but they got to pay to Kaiser too. It's a good problem. Yeah, but. It's future Ken Holland. I mean, the best-case scenario is we'll have, you know, way too many good defensemen, and we'll have to trade some away to get some some actual value out of them because we haven't had really a young guy that we kind of couldn't afford on the cap crunch that we had to trade away like that. It's just been people we've had to dump via waivers. And then, obviously, you've got guys like Sproul who could be coming up, and who knows if they actually can step right in and play well. But yeah, there's there's a lot. I, I think they're they're better positioned now. DeKaiser, I mean, he's a he's a restricted free agent after, so they'll own his rights. And right. I mean, depending on how he plays, he he got the max entry level because he was pursued by everybody. Mm-hmm. So you had to kind of pay him there. But I mean, I could see him. I, I can't see him going down unless he's absolute hot garbage this year, which I'm I'm not expecting him to be. So I would anticipate if he has a good year, they'll probably lock him up for maybe another two to three years, maybe bump him up to a 1.5, depending on what happens. Actually, to clarify, DeKaiser did not get the uh, the entry-level max. He only got two years. Did he get max yeah, in terms the, of hit, though? Yeah, I mean, entry-level is max based on how old you are regardless, so he couldn't have gotten more than two years from anybody. Um and he couldn't have gotten less than two years from anybody. Uh, but the cap hit is only 1.35, and it could go all the way up to, like, 3.7. Okay. But he did get the maximum salary, but he didn't get as much in uh, in bonuses. Like, I don't think he got any Schedule B bonuses. Uh, what's that? That's the performance bonuses, right? Right, yeah. There's $850,000 worth of uh the Schedule A bonuses are, well, those are games played, goals scored, shit like that. Um, or the Schedule B bonuses are uh, rank, final rankings in goals scored, um, getting voted for postseason awards, stuff like that. Those are the Schedule Bs. And, I mean, just looking at the numbers, he's got 850000 as the maximum level of Schedule A bonus, bonuses you can get. So it just it seems like that's what he's got, but I, I can't verify that. Um and I haven't seen anything specifically that says that one way or another. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's I think that's one of those things that would have to be actually reported out on, you know, once he hit them. If anybody would report on that, you don't really see that a whole lot unless it's a a pretty major bonus. Like, you know, if you you win the Art Ross and they get two million dollars, or you score fifty goals and you get a million dollars, something like that. That's where you would see it, but I don't think you'll see it. It's probably a games played. Maybe you know, maybe some points. I would guess not a whole lot there. Yeah, and I could see Good. him. 
I mean, he might go down to Grand Rapids, but I like I I don't know why they've got seven D man already. If they move for another one, then he's the one that can go down without having to clear waivers, um, and he's the only one. So that might make that necessary, but ultimately, I'd rather have him sitting as the seventh D man or Lashoff sitting as the seventh D man. And like I said, unless they move for somebody like a Keith Yandel or something, which I I don't see happening with. I mean, I'd give that maybe a twenty percent chance. Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't see something like that. Not without some sort of major movement up front as well. Yeah. And I think if they were to do that, I don't know. There's a maybe they would trade a defenseman off the roster. Maybe they trade. Maybe they trade a lash off. You know, they throw him in as as part of the deal there. I don't know. But he seems like a I good chip. I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, he's the kind of guy that could. On a on a team without any defensive depth, he might be able to step into like that five six role, play you know ten eleven twelve minutes, be an injury fill in something. I mean he's he's a steady guy. He's not going to blow you away with any skill or anything like that. But you know he could with the right role on the right team could be decent. Like what we saw when he first got called up uh, in Detroit. You know no pressure. Or in his just, first game, yeah. Yeah, there you go, right? Just that's it. For the first he goal should of the retire. Year. Yeah, Kyle Calder does. Read a good question in the comments or in the chat um, from Azux. Um, just mentioning that Erickson came in was great uh, at the end of the year playoff run. Like what was it? Oh nine. Should we be concerned that the same thing could happen to the Kaiser, where you know he was great in that short stint at the end of the season? and then sucked the next year, next couple of years. Is that a huge concern, or does the Kaiser kind of bring a different pedigree than Erickson, who was the last pick in the draft? Oh, there's definitely a different pedigree, but there's there's always going to be that level of concern. I mean, when the Kaiser came back from injury and played in the, the Calder Cup final, he he looked rather rookie-ish a few times. So, um, honestly, I mean, obviously they're not the same – exact game between the AHL and the NHL and he could just come back but I I don't ever really expect a, a defenseman that age to transition perfectly seamlessly. I mean I'd, I'd love to see it but we we got a 10 game peak at it. That's that's not enough to say that DeKaiser is never going to is never going to have stretches where he looks like he's really struggling to uh, to make a full adjustment. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a rookie. So, I mean, over the course of the season, there are going to be stretches where he's going to not, he, where he's going to look like a rookie, and um, just everything that, uh, the, from what I saw of him in the in the small stretch we saw, plus the I, the way I think he will be used by Babcock, I think he'll be able to kind of weather that. But I mean, if people are expecting him to step in and be the new stud on defense, which I think is what happened with Erickson because of the, the situation that Erickson got put in. I mean, he started playing in the finals. And, you know, we saw him not play that poorly, so we automatically assumed that he was just this prodigy that was going to be amazing once he got a regular shift throughout the course of a regular season. That's not how it works. Defense is hard to learn. So there will be some, some growing pains, but uh, – 
I overall I'm anticipating by the end of the season we're going to look at the Kaiser season and say you know what he had a good rookie season pleased with his his development and you know he 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 looked good especially once he plays in the Olympics. Now speaking of yeah. uh, looking good, the Kaiser looked so good at the end of the year that he was invited to the U.S. Olympic camp. Um, I didn't you to that. Pardon me. I said you'd write to that for you. You 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 put put the golf ball on the tee and I just hit a hole in one. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> three Red Wings were invited to the U.S. Uh, camp. Uh, DeKaiser, Howard, which everyone expected, and Abdelkader. Um, not a huge shock there. Um, obviously, half the team is in Sweden's camp, and. When we were putting the rundown together, I almost listed Filippola for Finland, and he's not on the team anymore. And obviously, Babcock is in Canada. As far as way to rub uh, salt in the wound, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess outside of Howard and the Swedes, well, most of the Swedes at least, are we expecting Abdelkader De Kaiser to surprise anyone and make the U.S. Olympic team. I'd expect Abdelkader more than De Kaiser. Um, Based on not on, on who I think is is actually better at his position, but Abdelkader last year when the the wings were eliminated, he went to go play for the U.S. at the World Championships and uh, and impressed on Team USA's top line. Basically, I mean he's he's got a, a good game for the bigger ice surface because he's he is a, he's a little speedier than we even give him credit for, um, and he's he's kind of a north south player who's comfortable playing kind of an east-west game or, or adjusting to it at least. Uh, also, Team USA isn't horribly deep at forward, and they may need to go with more of a uh, a grinder style, which I don't know. I I, I don't think he's going to make it, but I, I think he's got a, a better shot than the Kaiser just based on what Team USA brought to their camp invite list as far as defensemen and where I think they value certain defensemen. Like they're talking about making Jack Johnson the captain, and I don't think he should make the team. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, we'll obviously talk a lot about the Olympics, and I'm sure there will be some good-natured banter <laughs> that will go back and forth. But the second that I heard that, that Jack Johnson, not, not that he would make the team, because I fully expect that he will, because USA Hockey loves him. They just they do, and but when I heard that he was actually consi- being considered for captain, I, I I laughed pretty hard. I couldn't help it. I mean, I'm trying I'm trying not to fall into the trap of being the uh, kind of the stereotypical Canadian with the inferiority slash arrogant complex going on that you see if you say anything about Canadian hockey. But if Jack Johnson is the captain of the U.S. team. Uh, that's that's going to be awesome. It really will. will be. It'll be Parisi. I think it should be Parisi because I mean, it just he's probably of the of the older guys. He's probably certainly one of the best players and one of the the, the better leaders. So, I mean, you've got Parisi. Would, you'll have Suter. I mean, Dustin Brown. Whether you like him or not, he's a captain in the NHL, so he'll probably get some consideration. If Ryan Callahan makes the team, 
See, America's they've got lots of captains. They brought a bunch of leaders on our team, Graham, because we're David the Backus, greatest country maybe. in the world. I mean, David Backus, he's a captain. He's full of leadership. Maybe, you know, gold medal game, couple minutes left, U.S. down by one. You could count on him to lead himself to a five-minute elbowing penalty and get himself tossed. <laughs> Amazing. As long as it's against Canada, it's worth it. In the gold medal game, and he gets a five-minute major and ends up losing. Yeah, that would be a real no, shame. We're gonna be up. We're gonna be up like five to one anyway, so it won't matter. Because how's, <laughs> how's, how's, how's your goaltending, Grant? I, you know what? I actually feel pretty good about the goaltending overall because look, only one goalie plays, so. I freely admit the U.S. is the deepest at goalie, save maybe Finland. Finland, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the U.S. Is, is stacked at goalie. There's no question. And it's the one area of the U.S. team that frightens me the most because in a tournament like that where it's one game, like once you get to the medal round, one game elimination, we saw it in 98, Hasek. I mean, the Czech team, that Czech team wasn't nearly as good Talent-wise, as any of the other teams really in the in that tournament, Hashik carried them to the to the gold medal. So, if a goalie gets hot at the right time, he could easily steal a couple of games in the in a medal round and get you to a gold medal game. And then, who knows? Once because again, it's one game elimination. Um, but Canada, I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned. I don't think it's the the goaltending is as bad as some. Americans who are trying to get rises out of Canadians will make it. Luongo's, he's still a good goalie. Um, Carey Price, eh, depends on which one shows up. Honestly, my wild card is uh, Corey Crawford. I mean, he put up some pretty damn good numbers last year behind a very, very, very good team. But, I mean, Team Canada's going to have a very, very good team, and if he gets on one of those hot streaks... I could see I could see Crawford being the dark horse for Canadian goalies, and if and Luongo falters in the round robin and Crawford makes the team, which I think he should, then you know, who knows? I'm just as, you know what? As a Canadian, I am just glad that Marc Andre Fleury wasn't even invited to camp. Like they just wised up and went, no, no, you do not belong anywhere near our Olympic team at this point until you are not bad. All turning in the round robin against that cream puff uh, division, though, boy, I mean, you should don't don't even bring him back from Sochi if he does that. <laughs> it is. I actually I saw it. And I looked at it. And went, Jesus. I mean, who do they? I think the only team is Finland. I think it's the only team because yeah. I think they have Austria and Norway. I mean, like just ink Canada into the quarterfinals. Now, just do it. Just put them in an ink. It's in. They're in. They're not losing to Austria, and they're not losing to Norway. And if they lose to Finland, it won't matter because they'll still get in. So it really won't matter. I mean, that's that's the easy one. I don't remember who was in the, was in the U.S. was U.S., Russia, and... Slovakia, Slovenia. Yeah, that's a tough... Boy, that's not an easy, that's not an easy group. No, I mean, that's basically the group of death, all things considered, because the other one is the Czechs, the Swedes, and then... Latvia and Switzerland is in Group C. Group C. So that's... Uh, yeah, I mean the the Swiss are always that that dark horse upset team. Which I mean, I'm I'm really glad that Canada was able to avoid them in the round robin. But who knows what will happen in the medal round? Because the Swiss always seem to to pull off that one upset. Um, yeah, boy. I mean, depending on Slovakia would be the dark horse in that 
U.S. group because Russia will be very good. Well, maybe very good is not the right term. Russia will be able to score lots of goals, but like yeah, every no Russian, idea. Every Russian game is going to be six five because their defense is awful. Right, yep, they've got that they should they should consider putting Datsuk on the blue line. Just looking at their their defensemen. They should bring Fedorov out of retirement and put him on the blue line. He'd be a top pairing, despite not having not played in a couple of years. Fedorov and Gantra. I like it. Yeah, that Russian that Russian defense is is awful, and their goaltending's. I mean, obviously Bobrovsky's going to start, but from there, ugh. like what if what if last year was a fluke for Bobrovsky, and he's really not as good as we. As he looked last year, then we, I couldn't. I don't yeah. know. I don't I know. I mean, the whole Olympics is basically six games, so yeah, it's anything weird could happen, and and really, if something weird is going to happen, it's gonna it's gonna happen based on goalies. So Russia could get uh, embarrassed by their goalie situation. Uh, Switzerland could end up a real dangerous team just by getting a guy hot at the right time. I mean, it's. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be good. I mean, I as a Canadian, I get to cheer for Babcock and Iserman again. So um, I will say this. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not cheering for the U.S., but I'm not not cheering for the U.S. But if Jimmy Howard is the starter for for Team USA, and they're not playing Canada. I don't think I would be as up as upset if they ended up winning as I would be if like Quick was starting or something like that. Like if Jimmy Howard led the US to a gold medal, I would probably somewhere deep down in the parts of my psyche that I don't want to admit exist, I would probably say, oh, good for him. I'm glad. I'm happy. You've been living in America too long. See me, I have no compunction about rooting against Mike Babcock and Ken Holland's team in the Olympics. Screw Canada. Don't care. Hope they lose every game. Well, they're not Although there will probably – there might be games where I actually end up rooting, against, uh, rooting for Canada. Like, if they end up against Russia, all things considered, it may – I may end up actually rooting for Canada. But there's that big – the elephant in the room with uh, the Pablo Batsuk on the team if – if Datsuk is playing, I'm definitely not ever rooting against Russia. But there's a lot of personalities on that team that I just don't like. And I'm actually like a pro-Russian blogger. But Regilov's going to be there, and I fucking hate that guy. I mean, you could just root for the Red Wings during the tournament. So the, I, the, yeah, Swiss, the Swedes. Because what? Alfredson will make the team? Probably. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't listed to their initial roster, but that came out middle of June when... His uh, his future was unsure. All right, so maybe not Alfredson, but likely. Who you're going to get Franzen, you're going to get Cronwall, you're going to get Zetterberg. Yeah, those those three will be locked. Erickson will be. I I was having a conversation uh, on Twitter with um, I think it was with Sticks uh, about this, and uh, he thought that um, Erickson would be a lock, and I'm like, eh, I could see him as nah. that last. Guy, I don't want to call him a lock. I could see him making the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. But I mean, I could name—I can't remember who it was. I'd have to go back and, and look. But 
I mean, there was the defensemen that were better than than Erickson. I think I had Cronwall, Ekman, Larson, Carlson. Um, I think they're going to take Brodeen from uh, Minnesota because I think they're going to want to get him experience. So they'll take him as like that five six guy because he's skilled. And in on European ice, the big ice and everything, where there's not really the physical play, a guy like Brodeen's going to play really well over there. Um, God, I can't remember who else I had. Jalmerson. Jalmerson, eh, he could be. I know Hawks fans aren't too high on him, but uh, Victor Hedman, I could see him making it. Yeah, ultimately I've got uh, Riggy at about uh, seven or eight worth of ranking on as far as Swedish defensemen playing in the NHL. So, uh, yeah, I think I, yeah. I could see him as an injury replacement. I, I mean, I could see him making the team, but I, I wouldn't call him a lock. No, and no, like so. we'll, we'll probably Tatar, Kindle. Oh, what about uh, Nyquist? Tatar should... I think Nyquist could make Sweden. I don't I know. There's, there's well, a lot. Yeah, of, I mean, from... No, he's on the he's on the initial roster, um, the initial camp invite. There's a, a lot of talent there. I mean, Nyquist moves the puck in in the right ways, and I think he'd be a, a clever choice. But I'm I'm not sure that he's going to make it. He, he would be one of those, you know, you're taking him with an eye towards the next one. Right, four years from now. But then there's Tatar, Kindle, Morozik might have a chance for their respective countries. I think Morozik will probably be the third goalie. Um, yeah. I, I said in the chat, I think Kindle's got a, about a decent shot as Erickson. I think he might actually have a slightly better shot than Erickson, uh, to correct myself uh, on that. Uh, Tatar should make Slovakia. Um Ex-Red Wing Jan Mersak will be a lock for Slovenia. Yeah, I can't. I can't not see. Cause, I mean, Slovakia is not like they've got a, a ton of, of of talent at that level. So uh, unless Tatar is just awful to start the year, I couldn't. I don't see. I mean, he's a Slovakian who's in the NHL. It's like an automatic invite. Hell, he could he could play top line with Hosa. What a train that would be. Let's see. Slovakians in the NHL. Hosa, Kopetsky, Gabaric, Chara, Viznovsky, Sakara, uh, Richard Panic, Michael Hanzus, and Andre Mazaros. So, yeah, yeah. there's so, 10 the total Slovakians. Yeah. And we'll get to see former Red Wing uh, Jan Mersak for Slovenia. Yeah, JJ just said that. Dragging that. Chump Kopitar with him. I know. And that other guy, the Slovenian. There's another Slovenian? There's a third one? Uh, somewhere. I mean, they don't just have two Slovenians that can play hockey. I mean, in the NHL, they do. What? How? Uh, I'm sure there's the, uh, useful Slovenians. What's the time difference between here and Sochi? Are these games going to be at seven like hours. seven in the morning? Yeah. Uh, I thought I heard some. Depending on some of the games, some of them will be on at like four in the morning. Some someone out there listening to this probably knows. So we'll put it in the chat if you know how far Sochi. What the hell chat are you guys talking about? You're not in the you you're 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 not in the the chat because you're not a guest host. You're just all you, USA games are at seven thirty a.m. Eastern. Thank you, Mark. 
not in the chat, so. You could join the chat. Other people are in the chat. Just got to go to the yeah. website. With on which website? 10401. Blog Talk Radio, our page. Yeah. If you read the yeah. blog post, there's a link to it. Yeah, I'm you been doing all page day? right now. I'm on. <laughs> I work. I have a job. Yeah, you work from home. That doesn't count. It counts a lot. It's like a Canadian degree. It doesn't count. <laughs> Fuck, I need Maria now to call in and give you shit for that. She's listening. I'm sure she will. Hey, there's a great question that uh, that we didn't talk on that we should. Um, when should the, the number five go up? Um, I mean, obviously this season, but what would be a good uh, good day for that? Wasn't well, there the home game in January against the Blackhawks? I think someone someone mentioned. That. I don't think we should wait all the way till January. Although I do like oh. the December fifteenth game against uh, Tampa Bay, and just make Eiserman show up. Oh, you know what? Um, well, they waited till January for Eisenmans, Remember? So, yeah. I mean, there's but precedent that didn't for happen that. after a lockout. Well, true. No, it didn't. Well, no, it was happened the year after the lockout because they came back because he played in '06. Yeah, it, it was the year after. That's the, the problem. We're already lockout. we're already one year after when Lidstrom's jersey should have already been retired. So I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd be okay if they wanted to do it in January or next March, whatever. It's do it right rather than do it soon. But I think that that there's good reason to do it soon. Honestly, well, how about this? If if you want to go full on, I don't want to say conspiracy theory, but full on like, oh, the the NHL loves you know blah blah blah. December fourteenth, Saturday night, Pittsburgh at Detroit on NHL Network. Hmm. So you show the ceremony for Lidstrom on the NHL Network before the game, and then you get into the game at seven. I don't think the NHL is that smart to plan something like that. They weren't smart enough to schedule one of our two games against Colorado on March 26th. And weren't even smart enough to finalize the Olympic agreement after the baseball All-Star game when there was nothing going on. All the attention would have been on the NHL. For like two whole days. I don't know. Uh, people still would have talked about steroids or something. Probably. Aroid. I love that name. Well, it's that would be. Graham. Yeah, I know. That would be <laughs> my. I, I guess I, my. Honestly, my guess of when they would do it would be the 14th. They should do it during. Twenty-four-seven. Well, that's being taped, so that was four weeks before. Sometime four weeks before the Winter Classic, December fifteenth. December fourteenth, yeah, fourteenth and fifteenth. There you go. And honestly, I mean, let's face it, the NHL is smart enough to uh, to market Pittsburgh. So if they have a Pittsburgh Detroit game, you don't think the twenty-four-seven cameras are going to capture that? Yeah, I mean, it is the the Metropolitan Division that we're playing there. I know. The NBC Sports Division. (laughs) By the way, do you guys have any issues with the division names? Just a quick sidebar. Just a Metropolitan Metropolitan is a dumb name for that division. Yeah. 
Okay. Deck one could have been the Atlantic, and ours could have been the Great Lakes. I yeah. just, I don't know. I just laugh at everyone who just complains about, well, Detroit's not on the Atlantic. Tampa's on the Gulf, and Boston's Toronto's not on the Atlantic. Right. I, just, I mean, who cares? Like, you know, I mean, could it have been named better if you're going for a geographical name? Sure, but... Yeah, but, like, no one bitches that the Colts are in the AFC South or whatever it is. I'll bitch about that. That's stupid. <laughs> there. Well, then you should start a right campaign there. and just... That's like, I mean, Dallas, Dallas used to be in the Pacific. So, you know, I, I think they didn't need to go to geographic names. They could have gone to something else. They could have named them. They could have named them the old names. You know, you definitely couldn't do like how and or and whatnot. The Metropolitan, the Neapolitan, the Cosmopolitan, and the Pacific. The earthquake. The natural disaster division. <laughs> the West Coast bias division. I think in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter at all what it's called. So I think Metropolitan's, I think it's a dumb name, but, you know, who cares, really? I I agree with Mark. It should have been the Fourth East. It was perfect. Fourth East, Conference 3. Yeah, I'm really missing Conference 3. Well, they'll they'll keep that going. The, the smart ones over there will keep that going. So. <laughs> And it'll still be Florida East for us, so. And this is where we cut out the dead air. Well, we All did right, have a question uh, on the um, on the on our the actual site, uh, which was just I don't, it doesn't really fit into anything, so we'll just throw it out now. And actually, Jeff, I'll ask you this question first, since you get to ask all the questions. Whoa, probably. whoa! You're putting me on the spot here, Graham. Yeah, you're gonna have to think for a second. I don't know Who if I like. I think that. we'll have. Who do you think will have the better season, Stephen Weiss or Valtteri Filppula? So between those two, and then between Nyquist and Brunner. I'm going with Nyquist. I think that's the easy choice. And the other one, see, I'd given up on Filppula, but I just feel like he's just going to spurn us and he's going to have a really good season next year. I don't think I, I think they're both going to have good seasons, but I think Philpola will have a point or two more than Weiss. I don't think Weiss is going to be awful or anything, so I don't want to make it sound like that. But I'll go with Nyquist and Philpola. I'm going to define season success by uh, how far one goes in the playoffs, and so I'll go with both the Rivings players. <laughs> how about individual success? I'm redefining your definition of success. I reject your definition. You're not allowed to. I'm the host. It says so on the <laughs> Blog Talk Radio switchboard. That's true. Uh, yeah, I'll go Nyquist over Brunner. And uh, I think Foot versus Weiss is going to be really, really tight. Um, I think that they'll tie in points and that Weiss will be the winner because he is the better bargain. All right, Graham. Answer your own question. Oh, I'm Nyquist. I'm Nyquist yeah. for sure. And I'm I'm going Weiss. I, I actually think he's gonna outscore Philpla. 
Watch uh, watch Bruner score like 30 goals or something. God bless him. I hope he does. Cool. Watch Michael score 35. Yeah. Yeah, right. I would, I would, line. If Bruner goes somewhere, if Bruner gets the $3.5 million that everybody thinks he's angling for and he goes somewhere and he pops in 30 goals, I, I won't be upset with it. I mean, it is what it is. So all power to him. I just hope he doesn't score any against Detroit. He scored 30 against the 28 other teams. I'm interested. Mark's comment in the chat. Might be hard for Nyquist to put up points playing with Helm. Helm might take a while to keep going. Take it, yeah. See, I don't I think I don't think he would have a hard time putting up points with Helm. If Helm's hundred percent. I I just think it depends who that third man on that line is. I think we've discussed this before, but I just think the speed on that line and Helm's the guy that can go get the puck and then Nyquist and Tatar can put the puck in the net. I, it depends on the, uh, what that role of that line would be. Um, Maybe the I mean, skate fast and tire the other guys out. Right. I mean, if that line's being used as a as more of a shutdown line, which I don't think it would be if Nyquist is on it, because I don't see Babcock giving him that sort of responsibility. Um, I could still see Nyquist, you know, putting up. I mean, what's a good number for him this year? Thirty points, forty points. Like what's what what's the number that we think of when we say you know Gustav Nyquist had a, a, a really good season because he had blank number of points? I'd say forty. Forty seems I'd be very happy with forty points from him next year. I'm gonna cop out and say I have to see his cap hit first. I would cop out and say it depends on where he plays. Because if he's not playing top six minutes, uh, 40 points is going to be difficult to get to, depending on his role. But is he going to get power play time? Is he going to? Yes, he is. is. He going to be the? Is he going to be the one that's moved up and in, in when somebody inevitably gets hurt? Because you know somebody's going to get hurt. So is he the one who's going to move up and take the place of a of a Johan Franzen on the on the second line if if Franzen gets hurt? Or if Abdicator gets hurt, or if God forbid, Zetterberger or Vatsu get hurt. I mean, you know, is he that first person to slot up and and move up? Is it Tatar? It depends is if it, Bertuzzi is healthy. It should be Nyquist. Uh, I think forty is probably a good number. Um, kind of regardless, because if we remember the the young Yuri Hoodler. Uh, in the 2007-08 and 08-09 season. When granted, the Red Wings were a, a, a much better team, but he kind of played third-line minutes on both those teams and uh, didn't score less than 40 either of those two years. So I'm going to go ahead and set the bar, set the Hoodler bar there. I mean, he scored 57 in 08-09, but that was, that was a very stacked offensive team, and I don't think we have a, a very stacked offensive team right now. Yeah. Well, should have kept Hosa. <laughs> hey, let's uh, so, let's get on the FMK portion and then uh, yeah, start taking. I was gonna say use your calls. Segue, so just go for it. All right, well the FMK for this one, and uh, I don't know. Do you guys want to 
do we want to give our answers first and then take calls or go the other way? I think I think we give our answers first and then we can okay. call. Okay. So this will be the uh Olympic hockey team FMK uh between Sweden, the USA and Canada. Like just the the team like the team, yeah. All right. Since I I already, I already know my answers cuz I knew what the the question was. So, oh, go. I can, I can I can go before Graham if you if you'd like me to. Go ahead. I would I would easily kill Canada. Cuz I just feel like Canada would be all too polite and nice and stuff and apologize, be like, "Oh, am I doing it right?" and they would die. I think I would marry Sweden. Just because Swedes are dependable. I mean, you look at Lidstrom. Granted, he won't play in the Olympics, but Zetterberg, Alfredson's had some longevity, and and Swedes are genuinely good-looking people. <laughs> so I will, I'll, I'll marry Sweden, and then I'm gonna I'll fuck the United States because the United States will just it's the United States is probably dirty. I feel like they hit it and quit it in your own country. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, shouldn't shouldn't it be nobody fucks the United States? Really? Come on, Jeff. And I, I don't know. It was funny you're mentioning that Swedes are dependable, and I thought mm, I would say that Ottawa doesn't really agree with that. <laughs> well, Ottawa can suck it. So. <laughs> That's why you killed Canada. Um, I guess I'll go before JJ gives us the right answers. Um. I mean, I would murder the U.S. That's it's David Backus and Patrick Kane. That's that's, easy. that's that's pretty easy. I, I would actually be doing the world a favor. Um, yeah, I would marry Canada because they'd be great partners. They're, I mean, just everything's just so nicely balanced about them, and they, like you say, you got the politeness going on and. I mean the proven track record of of being successful. That's hard to hard to argue with, and, and I would have the Swedes just because they're hot. You know, you always have the hot one. You don't marry the hot one. You have the hot one. All right. So what are the what are the correct answers, JJ? Well, obviously you kill Canada for all the obvious easy reasons. Yeah. Um, Jeff Laugh, Perry. Even you just hope that that Don Cherry goes with them. Um, yeah, Sweden, because Grandma's right there. They're by, by far the prettiest. And you marry Team USA for a few reasons. Um, first, it's it's just easier. I mean, there's no new language to learn and whatnot. And also, as far as the Olympics go and what I fear uh, about the three teams, I think that Team USA is the least likely to beat anybody. So, <laughs> I like it. So, so basically, there's kind of two different ways you can go with this. Either if you're looking at the actual teams or if you're, as I kind of did, looked at the, the countries as a whole, I guess. No, I said teams. Yeah, you well, said Olympic teams, and you knew what it was, and you still screwed I, it up. I, didn't, I made up my own definition, so my own rules. So you didn't play the game correctly is what you're basically telling us. I played my Just game made shit game. up as you went along and like, eh, screw you guys. But I still win, so. 
right, I'm going to jump in the screen room and get ready for uh, for callers. So you guys keep talking. So you guys can keep call out there. Uh, the guest call-in number, 347-826-7853. We'll see. Uh, we've had someone on hold for like 30 minutes, I think. So we'll see who that is. It would be funny if it was Tyler. <laughs> Where is 347 area code anyway? I don't know. Let's Google that. Let's Google that shit. That is a New York area code used as an overlay to 718 and 917. Huh. It is used for landlines in the boroughs of Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, and Staten Island. Well, how about that? All right. We learned something today. I mean, we talked about hockey. Every I mean, podcast, right? I hope so. I mean, I saw a bit about uh, that Daniel Tosh did, and he said, look, he does a thing where he, he talks about Snapple, like all the little facts that come on the things of Snapple. And he's like, uh, even if you hate my stand-up, at least you learn something. I mean, I would think that people would think the same about the podcast. may at not like point, us, but... But if you don't like us, I, I doubt you, you're listening since we've been on the air for about an hour and five minutes now. So you probably tuned out after, like, the first five minutes. That, that first stretch of uh, of dead air, and they went, oh, these guys are idiots. <laughs> to be fair, we only had, like, two, maybe one and a half stretches of dead air. Not bad. That's less than our average. And I, and hey, I what I miss? Uh, you didn't no. miss anything. We just looked no. up air codes and just – we just fill in time until – you put in the information on the caller, which we have now. So we'll welcome in Dave. Um, he wants to talk about, first, we'll get his FMK answers. Dave, how are you? Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Just, uh, okay. Great to see <laughs> Fantastic. Um, all right. FMK. Uh, I would have to say kill would probably be because I'm very very bitter Russia well you can't, uh, you can't it's got to be Canada United States or Sweden if he wants uh, hey, Canada, if he wants to kill Sweden. Russia he can kill Russia <laughs> I would love to kill Russia I hate Ilya Kovalchuk after two weeks ago you can kill Russia in addition to killing one of the other three teams yeah. uh, kill Canada okay so Russia and you know what Russia and Canada. Guys, okay <laughs> uh I've got enough Canadian friends I would love to piss off by just saying I'll kill off Canada. Um, we should tell them is that their degrees don't count either. Canada College. <laughs> that, that really gets them going. Hey, man, I almost went to McGill, so be careful there. I oh, think was, I, that's maybe the one school I'll allow. Yeah, but, I almost went to McGill, but I picked Michigan, uh, U of M. So, um, oh, oh, that doesn't count either. So. Uh, yeah, well. Uh, okay. Kill. Um, fuck, it would probably be Sweden, hottest girls. Mm-hmm. And then United States, you know, I don't want to marry them, but I think it's the only one left by process of, uh, process of elimination. You don't want to marry yourself into a mess, and that's what I feel like I'm doing. But, you know, that's you're left with all of their options. <laughs> that's why I defend the U.S. Well, it's easy to divorce in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. Um, so a few things that have really not been too pretty in the last few days. The Bruner signing uh, from a New Jersey standpoint, as a Jersey writer, I can kind of tell you there is a little bit of space, but um, the Devils are giving 
what I would like to call a, a third strike and you're out rule to two players, uh, this year being two prospects that you can compare almost to Anderson and Nyquist in Detroit, uh, being, uh, they still have to qualify Adam Henrique, whom you probably all remember from that ridiculous or Darren Helm-like goal in the 2012 Eastern Conference Final Game 6, which is a very right. nice moment. Uh, but they also decided to bring on Matthias Tedemby and Jacob Josephson, two first-round picks from the last decade that, for all intents and purposes, are busts, but they're giving them small deals to qualify this year. So I don't think there's too much room for Brunner to come in. Uh, in addition to bringing in Yager and Olez and Klo and, and, and Ryder, the, all the guys that they have in there, um, mainly because of the fact that, that it, the Detroit management had no choice but to play with youth. The jersey management always goes with the older guys, and Bruner, while not young, it, it would probably sit out more. And I think if he's making $3.5 million, he'd like to play. But then again, the guy's also gassed. He He's shown really in Detroit, um, as guys watched him last year, and I'm sure you can all agree, he really lost a lot of energy towards the end of the season because he's just not used to the schedule. And if he can't make it through a 48-game season plus playoffs, uh, not too many teams want to chance him at 3.5 mil for 82 games. So that's really what I think on the Bruner situation. Um, I wanted to well, know if you agreed on that. Bruner played in this the Swiss League, too, before he came over, so it wasn't exactly a... 48-plus playoffs. I mean, he'd been playing on their schedule as well. Yeah, he played true. 33 games with EVZU before he came over. So, I mean, obviously that's that's still less than a full NHL season. But uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly comparing up to Yager's numbers where I think he did something like 100-plus games last year when it was all set and done, which for a 41-year-old, he, he kept up pretty well. So they're going to give one year to Yager, I think, and that's what happens. Um I am a little bit surprised that nobody really counted in that uh, Alfredson would be a big factor in Detroit this year when talking about possible line combos from this end. Um, I really think the guy does have something left, and usually players get a second win when they come to new teams. Uh, the best example I can come up with is actually a baseball example when Ichiro was pretty much dried up and he came to the Yankees and all of a sudden he was hitting again. Um or Ryan Klo when he came to the New York Rangers and all of a sudden had five goals in four games before he got his like fifth concussion of the year, really. Um, but uh, I think Alfredson could easily be a, a, a 40, even 50-point scorer if he's put in the right place. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll be uh, centered by Weiss, and then on the other side is Franzen. So, uh, they'll yeah, be I pretty expect sad. him on the second line, and I expect that kind of output from him. I agree. Are you, still, are you still comfortable with Abdelkader taking up the uh, the top line winger spot opposite uh, Datsuk and Zetterberg? I don't think we have a choice. I think that's where he's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, that he he played well enough uh, with that with that role, and that is kind of the the third guy that that Datsuk and Zetterberg need, unless they're going to get a like a true Hosa guy, which. They're not. I mean, they're not going to get that from Bronson. I, I like Bronson on the second line more anyway. So, um, all, all other things considered, I think that Abdicator is is a good choice there. I think I think it's good because he goes to the net. The problem is, is that he just makes so many dumb plays that make you face palm, um, and it's it's terrible. You know, he's just going to elbow Francois Beauchemin three times this year, and we're all going to laugh. That's that's my opinion here. Um, but he he is a, he is a solid guy. He, I think we don't give him enough credit per se. But 
at the same time, I wouldn't call him your prototypical first-line player. If he's playing on the Olympic roster, I say he's third, fourth line, especially fourth line. But um, you know, the the U.S. Olympic team, I, I felt there were also some choices that were that they snubbed certain players. They could have done a better job in different areas. Um, but then again, a lot of fans who are complaining about the rosters don't exactly realize that it's a much different game on a larger ice. And that's why I think the North American teams are a step behind in that respect. Um, One thing that we have to remember, especially when talking about team Canada, for instance, is that Canada won both of its gold medals on NHL sized ice in Salt Lake and in Vancouver. And they didn't even come close in Mangano or Torino because they just weren't used to the ice surface. And another thing to note is that the Team USA, and I'm not sure about Canada, I think Canada as well, they won't be playing during their training camps due to insurance costs. They're actually just going to do off-ice training and video, which it, you know doesn't really help the cause either. Um, so I don't know how well Abdicator would do in a system like that. I don't expect him to be seen beyond just this orientation camp. Uh, but I applaud uh, Poyle's efforts. Um, can, you guys, can you guys by chance write another uh, funeral eulogy to the uh to the predators this year i would i would very much enjoy that um <laughs> but uh i, I believe just, just uh, follow jj's twitter feed yeah jj jj you're just ridiculous <laughs> uh and I, I i do think that we'll see a sort of a fluid u.s team but you know it, it'll be a little bit difficult the captain as much as i don't want to give it to parise as a devil's guy uh will be parise has to be I, I can't really think of any other good candidate for that and um, you know, if, yeah, he can bring his sister in while he's at it with that crooked smile. I mean, you ever see those pictures? You never, no, you never I saw haven't. Amanda Kessel's pictures? Oh my God, that's that's great Twitter bait right there. I'm telling, <laughs> just like the Alfredson middle finger, that'll come in great handy when chirping Leafs fans just put Phil next to Amanda. See the resemblance, the gritty teeth as well. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, it's like a Swedish chick on crack. If you've ever seen like Despicable Me too, it's what happens when the minions get. Yeah, I won't spoil it. Um, yeah, don't spoil it. I actually just saw that movie, so I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> <that>. Yeah, <laughs> great movie. It's fun for all ages, yeah. and I, I know yeah, one of the characters personally in the movie. Um, so you know, you know, Edith. Yeah, what? you know, Edith. Like she's the girl. She's the girl with the pink hat. The blonde girl is always trying to kill everyone. Um, one of uh, Gru's daughters. Oh her, yeah, 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 yeah. Her sister, I was very good friends with growing up, and she flirted the hell out of me one year, and I got to like a summer cottage with her, and didn't she didn't want to do anything. That was the worst, most traumatic experience of my life because it took up a year of flirting, and uh, I would like to kill that bitch, but um, <laughs> kill fuck that's Mary. Yeah, that probably would have been a good a cut thing there. Yeah, she's, she's not, not a, she's not a hockey fan. No, she's not Either a hockey way. fan. I promise you. Uh, no, no, no. I don't actually want to kill her. It's the kill for... All right. Um, um, important things. The Detroit bankruptcy. Uh, this is something that I think stacks a lot against the Red Wings more than everybody thinks. And I'm actually in the middle of writing an article, hopefully, for the masthead for that. Um, and out of fresh out of Lansing today, the emergency manager and, and the Michigan Strategic Fund board approved... Up to $450 million in bonds, not just for Detroit, but for the state of Michigan to pay for the financing of the now $650 million arena that Illich is supposed to be funding only $200 million of. And it'll be between downtown and midtown. Um, 
This is interesting because, uh, like I said, a lot of arenas nowadays are being built in areas that are uh, sort of distraught. They need help, and it's supposed to foster people to travel down to those areas and spend money. But if you're talking about a, a city like Detroit, you know, I've I've driven through downtown Detroit. Um, it's deserted. <laughs> you know, there's nowhere to go and spend your money like they're trying to do. So now they're they're adding an entertainment complex along with it, which is supposed to add you know 400 jobs. I think this is going to hurt a lot of people. Um, of course, the Red Wings are long overdue for a new arena. There's no question in that. But I think a better short-term plan, if they really can't get any more use out of the Joe, would be to try out the Palace for a couple of years and, and see what happens up there. You know, the, the Vipers played in the IHL. And while it's not exactly practical for all parties, I think majority of Detroit Red Wings fans now live in the suburbs of Michigan or of Detroit, Michigan, and, and they'll be able to travel within the distance and and for sure, it won't it won't be as good for the city of Detroit, but there's no money. <laughs> the city's broke, and to top it all off, you're asking people to chip in and pay for more money, when the city of Detroit has already been absorbed into the grand scheme of Rick Snyder's back pocket. You know, I, I'm just not a fan of the entire situation. I think that everybody could agree that Detroit would be better off if the Red Wings had been moved out or the Lions had come back. You know, it, it, nobody would argue that. Um, and that was, of course, I, I believe quoted in, in the Detroit Free Press. Nobody would argue that Detroit would be better without sports teams. But, you know, I was wondering how you actually think that would impact the Red Wings beyond just more expensive ticket prices. I'll, I'll clarify a few things as far as the, the source of the money, because this is one of the things that, that a lot of people, I, I feel, don't have a great understanding of. And uh, not not saying that you specifically don't, but uh, the – the bonds are being issued by the state of Michigan, um, because, mostly because uh, Wall Street won't—they won't buy bonds from Detroit. I mean, the city just declared bankruptcy. There's, there's not a—they're basically. I think somebody said their name is mud as far as being able to sell bonds off. Uh, those bond, those thirty-year bonds, four hundred fifty million dollars of that is going to be paid back by money from. Uh, three sources, basically two of them are, are the Downtown Development Authority, which is not affected by. It's not directly affected by the city's bankruptcy filing. It's chartered differently from Detroit. It's funded from uh, different taxpayer money, which is not, as people say, stealing from schools. It's not money that's taken that would otherwise go to firefighters. The the DDA is specifically chartered uh, for downtown development projects, and the money that that they pull up is from businesses that are specifically in that downtown area, uh, which is above and beyond uh, other taxes that they already pay. So. That's going to be a big portion of it, plus $11 million uh, of those funds per year is going to be paid out of the, the lease that Illich Holding, or Olympia, rather, uh, will be paying towards them. So it is, in a way, it is money that's being taken out of out of taxpayers' pockets um, because they could have ended the DDA and charged those downtown businesses taxes to go elsewhere. Basically, it's money that they would have had to have redirected two steps ago in order to have it available now and it's it's not really feasible for them to do it at this point um two i think as far as playing out of the palace they do specifically want to reinvigorate detroit and if they do want to reinvigorate detroit then what they need what they will need to do is bring dollars in that are not just michigan specific dollars um things that 
have people that come out from outside of Detroit to come visit, which is conventions and which is sports. So it's kind of they do because really what what cost Detroit a lot is that they that their tax base dried up because of the the diaspora that basically nobody lives in Detroit anymore. So yeah. I, I I I do have a, a specific problem with the concept of cities paying for sports arenas. I don't think that's ever really a good idea. Um, comparatively, this is a lot like what ended up happening with the Penguins and their arena getting funded, except their private funding, their their public portion of that was based off of casino taxes, and uh, Detroit's is based off of businesses specifically in the downtown area taxes. So it's basically the same thing, um, and that's that wasn't an area that was quite as as bad off as Detroit's downtown is, but it's it's still a, it was still a, a fairly bad off area. I'm not sure that it was the best idea, uh, but that's I, I I don't blame them for trying it, and they're they're not specifically stealing money from police officers uh, for doing it this way. No, I don't th- I don't think they are, and I don't think anybody would go ahead and and do that on the, or accuse them of of directing money away from civil services uh, because the money's not coming from the city of Detroit because there's no money for the, <laughs> there's no money from taxpayers because there are no taxpayers and there's no money from city council because uh, they're 18 billion in the hole. Uh, so I, I, I actually, it's a good that you did clarify that out because a lot of people do not know that per se. And uh, the f- basic gist of, of the funding is going to be 58% public and 42% private. My issue is, is more or less um, there's nobody moving into downtown Detroit. Uh, and I don't know, I, I believe there are plans to include a new convention center as well in this new complex. So that might be replacing the Kobo Center. And we all know the Kobo Arena is on its way out. And the Joe will in all likelihood disappear uh, should this arena be constructed, and it, and it will be. It will be constructed by the time uh, I'm set to move back to New York from Michigan, um, So that which will be 2017 for those who can't follow my college timeline because I haven't really made it explicitly <laughs> clear. Um, uh, but, but the issue is that I, th- I think they're counting too much on this to bring a lot into Detroit, and you know, an arena at the intersection of I-75 and Woodward is not necessarily going to bring it. Uh, you're leaving a lot of empty holes up on the riverfront, and filling them in with a, with a faux park system that you think is going to attract tourists is not the way to go. So I, I, I just I want to see more, if that makes sense, before we go ahead and all jump on board. Like, hey, this is a great idea because you know. Well, we can all be speculative about this. Let's not forget that we're not as pathetic as the as the city of Chicago who just approved a $550 million renovation of the world's oldest baseball stadium. So, uh, you know, we, we can all laugh at Marion Hosa now and, and get the last laugh in that respect, right? Yeah, okay. I wish we signed Hosa. The city of Chicago going broke is, is going to affect that. Um, but, yeah, it's, there's... Two hundred million of that six hundred and fifty million dollar project is supposed to be basically non wings stuff. It's uh, all of the the business and commercial stuff that's supposed to be built around that. It's, I mean, it's a forty five acre development, so um, it's it's kind of yeah yeah it's it's figuring out uh, how you know you need people to actually show up to the area to pull money in, but you need to kind of put money into the area to get people to want to show up, and it's kind of what's the the right balance as far as what you need to spend. Uh, versus what you're going to get back for it. I don't know if they found it. Um, 
I guess time will tell and, and more information will tell. I mean, there's there's still a few people that have to, to sign off on this. I mean, uh, they need to still agree to the the concessions agreement with Olympia to actually run the damn arena. And, um, like, I think four more groups have to, to give off their signing. Uh, Olympia's actual monetary uh, commitment to this is a non-binding memorandum of understanding. So they actually, they've signed off saying if things go our way, absolutely, we're going to kick in the 300-some-odd million, which will actually turn out to be slightly less than that. But um, they haven't signed on the bottom line that specifically says that that's absolutely what they're, what they're going to do. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of steps to this. Uh, but as far as the Detroit bankruptcy's effect on it, um, it, it shouldn't really, it will have ways of, of bringing in questions, especially like with the use of public land, as far as whether or not the a, de, a defunct city can, or not a defunct, but a bankrupt city can actually do that. And ultimately, I, I see the state of Michigan um, making sure that the wheels get, get greased as much as they need to as far as making it really happen. Uh, well, it, not it also to, depends on who owns the uh, land. Not, not to interrupt this uh, discussion of economics and business and everything. Uh, I just wanted to throw out the phone number again, 347-826-7853. We can take multiple calls at once. Uh, on a complete 180, we still want to hear everybody's FMKs. Completely different than bankruptcy. Um, but if anyone's got any other questions about the Red Wings or just anything, hell, if you want to know what Graham's favorite Maple Leafs player is, you can call and ask him. I do want to know. It's, 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 it's Wendell Clark. But, okay. Of all time? Oh, of all it's, uh, time. It's, uh, well, don't answer it now. Someone's got to call in. Oh, right, oh sorry. Jeez. <laughs> you know what? So, let me think about it actually now. It's not, it's not Wendell Clarkson. Or, or David Clark. So call in three four seven eight two six seven eight five three. Tyler Bozak. <laughs> we, we we've got thirty four minutes left on our show. Uh, <laughs> on our two hour we can all, And we can always uh, end early. I know it's five minutes from midnight here on uh, Good Time on the East Coast. We've been talking for ninety minutes. I'm not sure it would be ending early. <laughs> Well, it's still, uh, you know, whatever. Depends your definition of early. Uh, anyway. It depends, on it. it depends on if the new Detroit Arena project includes a Tim Hortons, which we could all graffiti. Um, or Why? What's wrong with Tim Hortons? Nothing's wrong with Tim Hortons. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I just never graffiti's said Graffiti's awesome. It just graffiti's even better. <laughs> Fits into the scheme, the urban scheme of uh, Detroit now. Um, tastefully and done. Tastefully done, indeed. Or if uh, if we're gonna have to pay more for Little Caesars Pizza if this arena is constructed, uh, <laughs> that's it. I want to give a chance to other callers. So thanks for your time, guys. Hoping to hey. pitch in on the forefront soon. We appreciate right, the call and uh, your in-depth knowledge of bankruptcy. Yeah, it's fun. Take care, guys. All right. All right. See you. All right. That was our first caller. We just yeah. Now we've got dead air. Graham, you still there? Yeah. All right. You hadn't said anything for a long time. So, well, I mean, I, guess... I, I didn't really have anything to add to that part of the conversation. No, I'm excited for that. the new arena. <laughs> That's what I have to add. I don't know. I don't understand how it's getting paid for. But that's cool. 
none of your concern. I don't live there. Actually, none I'm, of us live there. It's actually a vending machine full of money. It's my parents' concern, not mine. But who? We've already covered your parents. No, yeah, we actually we did. We talked about both of them. Right. The Twitter and yeah. <laughs> yeah, Graham, you still got an outstanding question. Yeah, you can answer it now. Favorite, favorite no league player of all time. Oh boy. Um, Todd Gill. Todd Gill. Why? Todd Gill, and I, I tell you why, because Todd Gill made my dad go batshit insane in almost every single game. Todd Gill, for for my dad, Todd Gill was his Erickson. Just the player, I can still remember watching games on on Saturday nights, Hockey Night in Canada, and hearing my dad scream at the top of his lungs, Get the fuck off the ice, Gil, you fucking suck. Like, and just, you know, knowing that he had very, very small children in the house. And he, he just, he yelled it. And my dad is one of those guys, he's not a real emotional hockey fan. I mean, he watches the games, but he doesn't get too high or too low. Um, unless, unless he just, every once in a while, though, he'll get into it. Like when the Leafs lost to Carolina in 02 in the, um, in the conference finals, my brother and I were watching the game um, down in our basement because we because my dad was just really really stressed and he didn't want us around while he was watching it and it was um, it was Jelena that scored the winner in overtime and the game was in Toronto and all we could hear was just this kind of loud banging noise it was like a weird noise and then we heard we just heard fuck and you know footsteps and then kind of scuffling noises he uh he was eating a bag of chips and when jelena scored he threw the bag of chips at the tv and it just exploded and went everywhere and there are chips everywhere and he and my mother made him pick it up and so <laughs> they had a fight because what he had to pick it up and he was what mad because they had lost I, I don't know probably just probably just regular potato chips he he just yeah. eats regular potato chips well Poker don't chips. you guys have like weird flavors up in canada with your potato chips, moose uh, like like moose droppings and <laughs> maple tree. I don't know. What do you mean weird? Know. What do you mean weird flavors? No, it was like ketchup or something. I saw. Like yeah, someone tweeted a picture the other day. Yeah. yeah, ketchup chips are a thing. Uh, it's weird. I think I'm the only Canadian who I don't like them. They're disgusting. Well, it's because you're because, really secretly wish you were American. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, they're they're weird. I. I don't know. They're, they have a weird taste. They taste like powdered ketchup, which it sounds sounds as disgusting as you think it is. My goodness, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm not a ketchup guy anyway. Um, but yeah, ketchup chips were never my thing. The uh, the best ex Maple Leaf, by the way, is uh, Larry Murphy. Because he left the city of Toronto and then called them all like idiots, which was fantastic. <laughs> I, I to this day I will I remember when he gave his uh, his post cup winning interview on uh, CBC and and called out Toronto fans because they asked him you know about being booed in Toronto and he was like basically it was basically suck my hot dog bitches I'm fucking cup winner again and you're all a bunch <laughs> of losers it was it was awesome 
Which is really the the right way to talk to Toronto. Yeah, it sure is. Bunch of dicks. Nobody from was, Toronto. Tr- was Toronto celebrating when Fox Sports Detroit fired him? Uh, probably. I don't think they cared. I mean, they've you know what they've run a lot of other players out of town since then, so. So I guess since we're not getting any calls. I mean, it's midnight on the East Coast. I'm sure most people are in bed because it's Wednesday. So? Who goes to bed by midnight? I don't know. What's Wednesday? Uh, I do. People who don't work in the sex trade? I'm usually still at work right now. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into that, Jeff. Yeah. I got I, I to gotta pay the bills, JJ. You got to do what you got to do tough out here in Boston. <laughs> that couldn't have gone better if I had said something about up dog. <laughs> What's up dog? Another <laughs> uh, W. I usually wear my Tyler Sagan jersey. Is it a Dallas oh. one? No, no, it's a it's a it's a Bruins it it's it's the old like Pooh Bear yellow one. I got it with Sagan on it. So even though I never wore that jersey, I just liked it so much. Hmm. Holy shit, Graham, we have a caller. No. We do. Really? We do. Come bring him on. Or her on. All right. I believe, uh, it's, is it Mika? Micah. Micah? Micah. Yeah. Oh, see, here's the technical. There we go. Micah. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. How are you? Thanks for calling. Fine. Uh, I called in because I was feeling sorry you didn't have me calling. And also because I thought I wanted to be the first one to say, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Nice. <laughs> well done. Thanks. So uh, you have an FMK for us, I see. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. Um, the easiest one to decide, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a funny thing because you got to pick out the one that's. There's it always, it always when you have these threesomes, there's always one that just stands out as the one you got to get out of the way first. And so, you do have to kill Canada. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah. The reason I everybody has their own reasons for it, and um, I'm also not going to go the team route because that's. I'm, I guess I missed that word too when we were talking when you mentioned it earlier. It's okay. And it's mostly because I live in northern Minnesota. And the Manitoba plates are some of the worst drivers around. Um, I know that's yeah. a, I know that's a pretty trite reason, but people have been killed for less. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And you know, I don't know what it is. Um, it's just something. You know, the Upper Midwest just has really kind of special drivers, and. The Manitobans are special, or even more. So, I'm out of material on Canadian drivers now. So, um, <laughs> I think I think I'll go with. Um, yeah, you know, I feel, I feel like I'm kind of like a little bit biased now. I did yak earlier in the chat when my choices were, and now I feel like I gotta switch it up, you know, because I I think maybe some just, of your just, arguments just follow your follow your heart. Follow your heart. Whatever your heart. Well, 
I think I think following my heart will lead me to uh, fucking the United States. Well done. Because there's just so much variety. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's a melting pot that gets a little messy, but you know, you got to get into it. At least up to your knees. So I'm laughing at the word. I'm laughing at the word "messy" because the just the <laughs> mental images that were just brought up by that word alone are. I, I'm disturbed <laughs> by myself more than anything else because it's my head. But the craziest ones are always the best in bed, so that's a good answer. Uh, yeah, they they kind of are, and you know the ones that you least expect are always up there too. So yeah, and I guess that leaves me with um, marrying those. Those great Swedes, because you know what they ate well. Also, if you move to Sweden, they have good health care, and you get like six weeks off a year. Yeah, and you know, really? um, yeah, For what? that's ridiculous. For because it's Europe, office. that's what they do. Yeah, they take August off. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. actually has the 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 lowest amount of on average, of vacation days of any industrialized country. Wow. Yeah, we work more than Japan. Yeah, well, that's frankly because uh, we die quicker. So we got to spend any more. We deserve to. Yeah, no argument. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say I was thinking it, though. <laughs> All right, well, Micah, thank you for your call, and thank you for participating. No problem. I, I figured I'd, uh, I'd help you out a little bit here. It's uh, it's the first time around, and I don't want it to be a total disaster. Uh, that, we've had worse Has time. it been that bad? No, actually, it's been pretty good. Um, you oh. know, the crack about the 10.30 start times was uh, well-placed, but uh, I think we, you know, we'll figure it out in the future, and you'll have a more of one. Just, just yeah. wait for the WIM Radio lunchtime power hour. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may have right. to tone down the FMPs for those of us who call in from work. Then, <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. I work, for I, work, I work at home, no problem. All right, guys. Right, thanks a lot. Have a good night. All right, thanks for that. I'm disappointed nobody has said, "I'll hang up and listen." That's <laughs> uh, understood. But, gentlemen. Uh, since it's unlikely we're going to get any more calls, I think we should give our final hockey-related thoughts. Final Red Wings? No, let's just go final hockey-related thoughts and say goodbye and good night and good luck. So what do you got, Graham? Um, Todd Gill is amazing. He should play for the Wings in the alumni game. One of them. Just to piss your dad off. Or he should play for the Leafs to piss your dad off. He should play for the Leafs to piss my dad off. He would actually, mm. he would relish them playing for the Wings because then the Wings would lose. Yeah, that won't happen. Yeah. All right. What do you got, JJ? Uh, shit, I got nothing. I went over everything. It's riveting. You don't have any particular final thoughts that's not hockey related? No. No thoughts at all. I just I got it all out today. I, I'm at peace now. 
Who are you, right. Jeff? I, uh, what do you got to give us something uh, inspirational? I got nothing. I got nothing either. It's it's past midnight here. It's past my bedtime, right? It's late. It's tough staying up for these uh these late late podcasts. So but anyway. Appreciate everyone listening. I know we really went out with a bang at the end of this podcast. But uh appreciate the couple callers we had and uh hope you guys enjoyed listening to Wing It Motown Radio. Good night everyone. Wing